You're listening to Wanna Be Minimalist with Deanna Yates, episode number 142. On today's episode, I'm talking about how to successfully implement a new system or routine into your home. One of the biggest challenges I see when my clients set goals or start living a clutter-free life is not following a plan and getting off track quickly on their journey. There's a reason there are so many New Year's resolutions failure jokes, right? The strategies from today will help you stick to a new routine, particularly when it comes to tidying your home. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. If you are returning, well, welcome back. As always, I am excited to have you here. And if this is your first time, well, then welcome to the show. I create the show for all of you listening, and my hope is that it will help you in your home and your life. A few weeks ago, I shared a chapter from the book that I am in the middle of writing, and I'm getting really close to it being done, so I cannot wait to share it with you. Um, But many of you really enjoyed what I shared, and so I wanted to share another chapter with you today. The book will be all about getting the clutter-free life that you want without a giant declutter session or having to bring in a professional organizer to do it for you. Instead, I will teach you how to focus on putting the right systems into place. And with these systems, you will be able to see the clutter start to take care of itself. And once that first domino falls, it is amazing how fast it will all come together. And a big part of putting new systems or routines in place is taking some steps to increase your success. After all, no matter what you start, if you can't implement it, you will not get any results. And so that is a really important part about the entire method and what I want to cover today. But before we dive in too far, I want to take a moment to ask a favor from you. If you like this episode, can you take a moment and give it a rating or a review on whatever app you are using to listen to it? If you're on Apple Podcasts, I would be thrilled if you could also leave a quick review. I do actually get to see those reviews and I wanted to share one with you today. Um, Obacker19 had this to say, and I quote, inspiring and energizing. Five stars. Regardless of where you are in your journey to living a vibrant life that matches your values, this is a must listen. From honest, self-reflective notes that we're often only thinking about in the background, to the everyday parenting obstacles that challenge us to show up as our whole selves. Deanna's conversations are critical threads that ground you and help you move forward. Highly recommend listening and subscribing. End quote. Wow. Obacker19, thank you so much for that awesome review, and I am so happy that you can learn from my honest life observations, and that's really what I'm here for, so I appreciate that you see it and that you shared that. All right, let's get back to why you are here today, though, and that is how to succeed when you start a new routine, right? So we're going to talk about that implementation, and I want to talk about those routines in your home, like the clutter-free life method. So the first success tip, number one, is to remove temptation. Now, Theodore Roosevelt once said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I believe that to be true. It is really hard to appreciate what you have when you are constantly looking to see what others have or what others are doing. 
And that is why the first tip for implementation success is to remove temptation. Now, this doesn't have to be forever, although you might like the results. So it's very, you know, you might stick with it. But it is very important that when you are first starting out, that you really cut back on those things that could be tempting you. So removing temptation means that you put your blinders on to those shiny, glittery things that are around you and so that you don't have to say no. Because when we have to say no too many times, it could be in an hour, in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, it just wears us down. Every time we have to say no, it wears down our resolve or our willpower, meaning that we are likely to stray from our goals in a big way. And I have talked about this before, but one of my first jobs out of college was as a personal trainer. So relating this back to those days, someone on a diet who struggles to avoid the donuts in the company lounge is much more likely to make poor eating decisions later on in the day because they're going to feel like they quote unquote earned it or that they're just not going to have the strength to say no again. They've already said no so many times, right? And in her book, Better Than Before, author Gretchen Rubin actually discusses this exact scenario. She talked about how she was in a business meeting with cookies sitting in the middle of a table. You can envision this, right? You're all sitting around. You're in like this hour-long meeting. There's cookies in the middle. She had just decided that she wanted to eat better. And so she's using all of her willpower to resist eating those cookies. She sat there for an entire hour-long meeting and didn't eat a cookie. But she talked about how she caved into picking up two cookies on her way out the door after the meeting ended because her willpower and the ability to say no had been used up. And had she just eaten that one cookie in the middle of the meeting, she wouldn't have been tempted to pick up the second one on the way out, right? So sometimes when we say no and we resist so much, it actually creates a bigger problem. And so we actually splurge more or we do more of the thing we weren't wanting to do. And I want to point out that we are not destined to cave into our cravings. So it's not a given, right? If you were passing by those donuts, back to the donut example, if you just passed by those donuts and that was a breeze for you, well, it's not going to affect your eating decision later because that didn't make an impact on your day. It's when we're starting a new journey, when we're working against our cravings, that's when these tough decisions matter. That's when they make life harder. And the same is true of buying things in your home. The less shopping you do, the fewer things you will bring into your home. And I know I am not the only one who has walked into Target for a mouthwash and walked out with a basket full of things, right? I do much better now, but I have definitely had those moments in my life. So instead of having to use up our willpower to say no over and over and over again, one of the best things to do is to remove the temptation in the first place. And so I have two recommendations for how we can do this. The first is to shop from a list. Now, one of my favorite ways to remove temptation is with a list because this makes me more intentional about what I bring into our home. So before heading to a store, I spend some time thinking about what we need and I physically walk around our home. I actually do this. I take a notebook and I physically walk around our home. So if it's uh, grocery shopping, I'm going to look through our pantry. I'm going to make a note of what we actually have. I'm going to look through our refrigerator and through our freezer. And I'm going to make a physical list. And then it's going to, because doing that, walking around, it's going to help spark ideas for the items that I might have forgotten about. Because I know we've all had those moments where we go to the store, we get home, and we realize we forgot something, right? And if it's something that's really important, we're going to have to go back to the store. And the likelihood that we're going to walk out with just that item, it diminishes, right? Every time we go into a store, there's a like there's a likelihood we're going to buy something else. So if it's things I need at my in my house, like if I'm you know, going to Target and I need to buy something for the house. It's like a house shopping day. 
toilet paper, toiletries, things like that. Then I'm going to walk around the house and make sure I'm not missing anything because there have been things I've missed, like our detangler, you know, my daughter's detangler that actually stays in the living room because that's where I brush her hair when we're watching something so that she's distracted. So those kinds of things, I am going to actually walk around my entire house to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Now, a side note, I also like to keep a running list of things and I add to it whenever I think of something we need. So if I notice we're running low on that detangler, I will go put it on the list so that when it becomes the shopping day, I have that list already started. But when you're creating a list for a very first for the very first time, I find the activity of actually walking around your home to be very helpful. And here's another little trick because we're not perfect, right? I mean, there's probably going to be something you forget on the list. So when you're shopping from a list, give yourself permission to buy only one or two things that are not on the list and stick to it. So if you're walking around the store and you find things, you're like, oh, I forgot to put that on the list. I forgot to put that on the list. Put them in your basket. That's fine. But make sure you only get one or two of those things that are on the list. It might feel harsh at the beginning, but it's going to help you be better at the list making process going forward. Okay. It also helps you not feel so deprived and it stresses you out less when you're putting your list together. And over time, you're going to get better at making your list, but only if you follow through on your plan. So if you say, I'm going to shop from a list. And then when you get in the store, you just buy whatever you see. You're not actually following that plan. So please give it a try. That one really works well for me. The second way that I remove temptation is to shop less often. So when you shop less frequently, you are encouraged to be more creative within your space and use up the items that you already have before you shop for more. So I uh, wear a capsule wardrobe, so I don't go shopping very often for clothes. I try to do things that mix and match a lot so that I'm not out purchasing a lot of new items on a regular basis. Um, I do meal planning. And so I will not grocery shop as often. Um, I can get away with grocery shopping about every 10 days when I meal plan. And then I also uh, get a produce delivery from a local farm every week. And so I don't necessarily need to buy the fresh produce at the grocery store. It actually comes delivered to our door. And there's other ways that I can kind of get away with Uh, shopping less frequently because I'm not afraid to experiment or to uh, substitute things. So let's say I'm cooking a meal. Um, Actually, I had an example the other day. I needed um, hoisin sauce for a recipe and I didn't have hoisin sauce on on hand and I was not going to go to the grocery store just for this one thing. So I googled it if I could replace anything with it and barbecue sauce came up and I thought, okay, well, you know, they have similar textures Um, similar colors. So that was going to be helpful. And while the flavors were not exactly right, the meal was still delicious. And I didn't get any complaints from my family. They're very supportive that way. It actually did taste pretty good. Um, So that wasn't that bad. But, you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of things we can get away with. And you have a computer in your pocket with your phone. And so you can Google a lot of things and find different ways that can, I mean, especially with food substitutions, there are a lot of options. So Try to be creative when you come into a problem and just take a moment and think, is there another way I can solve this problem without rushing to the store to buy something new? And another way you can remove temptation is to stop magazine subscriptions or marketing emails, things like that. So again, this does not have to be forever, but a magazine subscription, even if it's like a magazine, like um, I I don't even get magazines. I can't even name one right now that is going to have a ton of ads in it. And whether you 
think you look at those ads or not, your brain actually does see them. And it, it just gets you in that mood of comparison. And so if we can stop those magazine subscriptions, if we can stop getting the catalogs, catalogs are pure advertisement. So get rid of catalogs and we can stop marketing emails. That's going to be a really helpful way for you to just take that out of, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You won't even be tempted to compare or to buy those things in the first place. So try that. Go on a low information diet maybe for a while and uh, try not to get those catalogs and magazines and subscriptions. Trust me, your wallet will thank you. And so will your brain. You'll be, uh, it'll be a lot clearer for you to be able to see what you actually need versus what you want. And so that's tip number one, remove temptation. We will be right back. And now back to the show. Implementation success tip number two is to act like an observer in your own life. Now, this tip will work for a multitude of goal setting criteria, but I'm going to talk about this from a perspective of decluttering and organizing your home. That's why you're here. Want to be a minimalist show, we talk about getting our home tidy. Now, the truth is we can become blind to the stuff in our homes. It's called clutter blindness, and it's the idea that we get used to our environment, right? Both good and bad. We get used to living in the mess. It might drive us crazy, but we kind of get used to it, and then we get overwhelmed by it, and then we kind of just feel defeated, right? Or we get something new and even though you were super excited, you see this, even with the things you were the most excited to buy, a new car, a brand new outfit, uh, new kitchen gadgets, whatever, that shininess, that excitement, it fades, right? You get used to it. It just becomes another part of your life. And so we got to be careful about this because we can become numb to the things that are around us. I want you to step back, right? In order to implement a new system that's actually going to work for you and your family, you need to take some time to observe how you and your family use your home. It might seem like an obvious tip, but trust me, this one gets overlooked all the time. And one way you can do this is just look at each space with a fresh eye. Pretend you have never seen your home before. I know it is much easier said than done, but to make this easier, I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. Take a deep breath and then walk into the room that you want to observe and pretend that you've never seen it before. When you open your eyes, take a look around and ask yourself, what areas are cluttered? Where do you notice things gathering or clustering together? What areas are working? What areas are clean? What areas are open? How does the space make you feel? What emotions are you feeling? Does the room put off a vibe? Does it make you feel a certain way? And then what's working well in the space? What is your favorite thing about the room? Those are some of the questions that you can ask yourself when you're walking in to, act, to feel like an observer. What would it be like if your neighbor walked in? What do you think they would feel? What do you think they would see? Um, you know, this is not for you as the person that lives there. It's just kind of trying to be an unbiased third party, which is extremely difficult in our own spaces, but please give it a try. And if you're struggling with this exercise, another way to get a new perspective on your space is to take a picture. Yes, like get your phone out, take a picture of it, 
and then look at the images. So walk around your home, try to gather, you know, try to get all the pictures. You can see each room in full, go stand in different corners, you know, stand in your entryway and take pictures, go to the other side. What does it look like when you're leaving? What does it look like when you're coming in, in your living room? What does it look like from the different angles? What if you're sitting on the couch? You know, what if you're standing in the corner that no one ever goes into because it's on the other side of the room, there's no reason to be there. But what does it look like when you're looking back the other way? And just take pictures from all different angles. And then you will be able to look at these pictures uh, together. And images have a way of taking out some of that emotion. And so I find it much easier to be constructive when I see an image versus when I'm in the space. Because I'm in the space, I'm immersed. There's a whole different feeling when I'm in the pictures, when I'm just looking at the picture. I can be in a different space while I'm looking at it. And that really makes a big difference. So anyway, the whole point of this is once you have a good understanding of how you use your space, you're going to be able to start to figure out what kind of system will work best for you. And again, this is coming from my book, The Clutter-Free Life, and you will have a whole system laid out before you um, for how to implement that. But just know that this is going to help you know where to start, right? Because this will help you know where to focus on because you want to focus on the areas that are not working for you. If there's areas that are working, you want to go ahead and just let those go. You can leave those alone. And so that way you can concentrate on the spaces that gather the most clutter first so that they make a bigger impact and you feel better in your house. And then you can work on those little smaller things, those smaller changes that you really want to get to. But we start with the big impact because that is going to make the biggest difference in our daily lives. And that's really what we're going for. Big changes first that don't take a lot of, that don't take all of that energy. We're not doing a big declutter session, but we're just making those bigger impacts with small changes. Trust me, it works. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. So success tip number three is to ask your family for input and help. Now, this isn't really about getting your family to declutter their stuff. I talked about creative ways to get your family on board in episode number 138. This is more about getting your family's input. Now, after all, you live under the same roof and your home is the family's sanctuary. They may not care about the decor. They may not care about, care about what kind of furniture you get or what kind of table you have or any of that kind of stuff, but they definitely care about other things, right? There are other things that could be important to them. Perhaps you have a child that wants to have friends over more and you don't actually in invite people over because you're embarrassed by your space or you just don't have a lot of, you just hadn't thought about that before. Or maybe you have people over a lot and you have a child that wants quiet spaces. Now, I'm not saying that what your family will want is going to be the opposite of what you have. I bring up examples like this because I have seen them before, and the extreme cases are sometimes the easiest to understand. The point is that it's wise to ask for input from all of the members of the family or anyone else that's living in your home because our homes help make us who we are, right? We, they're our sanctuary. They're where we kind of find our identities and then project those out into the world. And so we want to make sure we're very comfortable at home and our stuff has a big part in that. It plays a big part in that. So we want to make sure that everybody's feeling comfortable, that everybody feels at home in their home. But this can also help relieve the pressure for you thinking that it's all on you to make everyone feel happy at home. We want everybody's input so that we're in this together. And if you are looking for more advice on getting your family to declutter, please remember to check out episode 138. Okay, success tip number four is to give yourself enough time. 
Now, if you are trying to implement a new system in your home, you're going to need to give yourself enough time. Again, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. You didn't get all of this stuff. It didn't just all show up in your home overnight. So it's going to take you a little bit of time to work through it, declutter it, organize it, tidy it, whatever we're doing. You can't do it all in one day. Um, and so I don't want us to have this ex this expectation that it's going to happen that way, but it also doesn't need to be some giant looming project that we have to get to, right? I'm a big fan of 15-minute declutters. I have lots of information on 15-minute declutters. I'll leave links in the show notes. Um, but you can really make a big impact in just a few minutes. So if you can set aside time every day, fantastic. If you can set aside time only a few times a week, that will get you there too. Ideas that we just want to be purposeful in what we are doing so that we make progress in the right way. But we have to make sure that we have the right perspective, that we're not expecting that this is going to resolve itself immediately. I want us to make sure that we're in for the long haul. So that's success tip number four is just to make sure you give yourself enough time. Make sure you are aware of what's happening, knowing that that time can be as little as 15 minutes, but just that we're going to be consistent with it, okay? And that it's not something that we're just going to uh, rip off a Band-Aid and be completely done with it. We are going to need to make progress over time. And success tip number five is to start a gratitude practice. This has been one of the game changers in my life. Honestly, it goes back to that comparison mode we talked about in tip number one and having to remove temptation. When we focus on the things we don't have, we will never have enough. But when we focus on what we have and what we're grateful for in our lives, we will understand that we have more than enough. So starting a gratitude practice has been life-changing for me. Like I said, I make sure that I think about at least three things um, that I am grateful for. And I try to write them down. I don't always get to do that. I don't always write them down, but I do try to make sure that I write them down because there is something that connects my handwriting to my brain thinking. It really just kind of ingrains it in myself and makes it more real for me. And so, I mean, these could be little things as, you know, um, I'm I mean, they could be really big things. Like they could be as little as I am so happy I had this hairband on my wrist because my it was really windy outside and my hair was blowing all around. And so I got to get my hair out of my face. It could be something as big as I am so happy that I have clean drinking water and that I have our Berkey filter so that it tastes amazing. Um, and that that I have that at the flip of a faucet, right? That's amazing. And I think once we start writing them down or once you really put in the energy to thinking about them, they start to come a little bit more frequently. And that has been really what's been so amazing is that, and it's just pretty amazing to see how when you start focusing on those things that you are grateful for, one, I think your life just starts to feel like it's full of all of these things. Um, you, your life just feels so much more full. And then also I do have this feeling that you know how people want to be around happy people? Well, you know, things want to be around when you're grateful for them. And so you will start to notice all these little happy coincidences or happy things that, that can start to happen when you show gratitude for those things happening. And so I don't know, I found that to be true in my life. And I find that people that are grateful are just more fun to be around too. So uh, success tip number five, start a gratitude practice, give it a try. It can't hurt. Um, and I, I swear by it. So, all right, 
Let's move on. Success tip number six, and this is our last one, is to be honest. No one is grading you on your progress except for you, right? This is all about you. This is a personal journey. This is you and your family. And those are the people that you should be able to be the most vulnerable vulnerable around. And so I really want to encourage you to just be honest, open up, communicate, have an open dialogue with your family um, and with yourself um, and just figure out what it is that you really want. What do you truly value? Um, I talk about that a lot in the method because it really does come down to what do we value? What matters most to you and the your family, the people in your home for creating that space in your home? And if it doesn't matter to you, don't measure it. Don't worry about it, right? You can let it go. It doesn't matter what's on Pinterest. It doesn't matter what the colors of the year are. We don't have to put magenta things in our house because that's the color of the year. Um, We don't have to paint our homes a certain color. It really comes down to what do we value? Who do we want to be? What do we want our house to feel like? And then being honest that we are committing to this process. If it really matters to us, then commit to it. No one else is grading you on this. There isn't a, a timeline, a deadline, any, there's no finish line really, because trust me, when you get to the next level, you will probably think, oh, there's something else I want to do. I want to go do this now, or I want to be this, or, you know, other opportunities are going to open to you that you didn't even know were possible. And so don't think of this as a finish line. Think of this as the next level you want to get to and then knowing that life is a staircase and you're just taking it one step at a time and you kind of don't know what is past the next step. So be honest with yourself as you're going through this. Look at the goals, break it down, create a plan and then implement on it. And then if you mess up one day, no big deal. I messed up today. Okay. That's okay. No big deal. Start again. Start right now. Start tomorrow. Give yourself that grace to say, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to keep doing my best. Don't use it as an excuse. Don't use your mess ups as an excuse to give in and give up because that is not what it's about. We're not here to be perfect. We're not here to be a measuring stick or measure ourselves against other people. This is how we want to be living our lives and how we want to move forward. So, That has been really helpful in my life, just knowing what is it that we want. Um, And I don't buy all the things that everyone else uh, has, right? Like I did just buy a new phone, but I hadn't bought a phone since the 8. I had an iPhone 8 and now I got the 14 and it's great. And the reason I have it is because I want better pictures. I don't need anything else on the phone. It's my camera though, but now I have a really good camera with me in my pocket and I can take better pictures of our family, which I really like looking back on. So those are the kinds of things. Be honest about why you want the things you want and the values you want in your life. And then that's going to make it easier for you to implement any new system that you put into your life um, or bring into your home. And I know that implementing these new systems can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be impossible. So look back at these six success tips and, uh, you know, start implementing them. They can use them in a system like the clutter-free life method, which I promise I will talk about more. I cannot wait to get the book out to you. Um, and, but it can be used in any new method or process that you're putting into your life. Any goals you start, any, you know, new systems, any new habits you want uh, to implement, All of these tips will work for that. Just tweak them so that they're not so home or stuff centric um, and you'll see that it will help you be successful. 
And with that, I want to turn it with to you. Which of these implementation tips are you most excited to start? Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist group on Facebook and share. I would absolutely love to know, and I know the other members would too. And as always, I will have links to additional resources on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 142. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 142. And with that, I hope you have an amazing day. And I will see you back here next week for a guest interview with Corey Timeldon. We are discussing minimizing and organizing from her perspective as an ADHD mom. It was a fun conversation, and I really think you'll enjoy her perspective. So make sure you join us next week. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wannabe Minimalist. Cheers.